Because the family is the framework of human society, and also the structure into which a typical physical human being is born and socialized into, it's critical for you to gain awareness about family. For that reason, I'm offering you this episode today. Family is a complex concept because a family is really a group of people who are related either by blood, being descended from the same ancestry, or by affinity, being marriage or adoption. The affinity piece is the thing that makes family complicated because it implies that one can choose who to consider family. It implies that even though the government itself only recognizes relationships that are legalized in some way, such as legal marriage or legal adoption, in many people's minds, family may have more to do with who a person considers to be kin or who they feel belonging with, regardless of whether they are blood-related or not, and regardless of whether they live under the same roof or thousands of miles away. When I talk about family today, what I'm going to be referring to for the sake of your understanding is those blood or affinity relatives who formed the social framework of the foundation of your childhood. People like mom, dad, stepmom, stepdad, siblings, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandma, grandpa. That's what we mean in this episode when we call it family. A physical human is a relationally dependent species. What that means is that the survival of the physical human and the well-being of the physical human depends upon the social group. A family provides the framework for the sharing of material substances, such as food and shelter. It implies the meeting of each other's needs. It implies the giving and receiving of care and nurture. It implies attachment as well as moral and sentimental ties. It implies enculturation and socialization. Family also provides the framework for successful reproduction. In theory, the purpose of families is to ensure and maintain the well-being of all of its members and, as a byproduct of that, ensure the well-being of society at large. For this reason, family is one of those values that is always near the very top for people, regardless of what culture they belong to around the world. Indeed, in many cultures, family is in fact the top value. And because society values family so highly, you have sayings like, everything comes and goes, but family is forever. And family is where life begins and love never ends. And family is what matters most. Indeed, family is something which must never be trivialized. Why? Because family, <laughs> family is fundamental to a person's sense of well-being. It is not only intensely traumatic, but it goes against human nature for a person to separate from or to go against their own family. In fact, it is perhaps the closest experience that a individuated human can have to the external experience of losing a part of themselves. For this reason, we could consider it a kind of tragedy when this happens. It is not the ideal situation at all. The ideal situation is that an entire family would make adjustments so as to ensure the well-being of any one of its members. And that by doing so, they would in fact grow closer in a healthy way. If I had it my way personally, any work that I did with anyone would in fact bring them closer to their family. Not just closer to their family, close to all the other people in their lives. However, this is not always the case. In fact, it rarely is. Tragically, the family's unwillingness to make changes might just be the very thing preventing one of its members' well-being, thus putting that person in the lose-lose scenario of parting ways with the family for the sake of their own well-being, or staying close and sacrificing their own well-being to do so. What I'm about to say will most likely stir a lot of offense, so I'm warning you in advance. But it's very important to understand that it is unnatural 
for a person to separate from or go against their family. This goes against our biology. It goes against our emotional needs. It goes against everything that is, you know, in alignment with the well-being or health of a physical human. Why you need to understand this is because what it takes for a person to separate from their family and go against them is very extreme. The thing is, is that when family members who have a family member who, have, who has done this, separated from, or turned against the family, they're not really understanding that extreme situation that happened. They're not recognizing it. In fact, most of the time they look at themselves and see no wrongdoing at all. If a member of the family has separated from or gone against the family itself, the first place that a family should look is at themselves and at what needs to change within that family system. I could go so far as to say that when a person in a family is truly willing to look at themselves so as to make a change, so as to repair rupture with another member, everything is in fact on their side for reconnection. So I can drive this idea even deeper. I'm going to give you a very triggering example. That example is cults. You will often hear people saying when they have a member of a family that's joined a cult that that cult has ruined their family, that the cult separated them from their loved one. It is true that a genuine cult seeks to separate an individual from the other people in their lives that they're close to so as to make it so the only relationships they have in their life are with other people within that cult group. When you separate and isolate a person in this way, they are easier to control. But ready for the hard truth? Unless there is a gap there already, an emptiness due to pain or missing needs due to family dysfunction, there is no space or need there for a cult to be able to fill. There is no weakness to exploit. It is the family itself that creates those patterns of susceptibility and vulnerability and the family itself that is in dysfunction when trying to rescue one of its members from something that the family itself helps to create and reinforce. Going into the hero slash rescue pattern is an avoidance of this realization as well as an avoidance of seeing what patterns within the family need to be changed and would constitute an actual solution. In other words, when somebody joins a cult, that's a symptom, not a cause. And yes, I know how difficult that is to swallow. The first thing you must understand about a family is that it is a social system. And social systems involve roles, they involve ways of relating to one another, they involve beliefs, all kinds of other things. But social systems are intensely resistant to change. Social systems are not always functional, even if they are operational. In fact, in today's unawakened society, the majority, not the rarity, the majority of families are in fact dysfunctional. In that, the way that they operate does not ensure the well-being of all of its members. Because of the various roles that each member is placed into, each member tends to have a very different experience of being a part of the family itself. And even though most families create well-being in certain ways and also prevent well-being in other ways, the reality is that some members are in more pain within the family system than others. The greatest tragedy in the situation where we have a world where most families are in fact operating in a dysfunctional way is that the members themselves of those families don't even realize it. In fact, most people think their family is perfectly functional. So many people will fight you. I mean tooth and nail level fight you over the fact that their family isn't only functional, it's good. 
and it's maybe even the best. Families often fight to not change, even if not changing guarantees the suffering of one of its members. In fact, they often make that person's belonging within the family conditional upon them not changing too and staying in that place of suffering instead. This is the reason that successful rehab addiction centers always focus on the entirety of the family and on changing the ways that each family member relates to the other. Otherwise, this family system itself acts as an oppositional force to the addict's sobriety. So often, the dysfunction taking place in a family system is the very reason that one of its members has turned to addiction in the first place. Of course, hardly any family points to themselves when they're bringing one of their members in to an addiction treatment center. People have extreme resistance to seeing their family the way that it is, both positive and negative. People subconsciously and potentially even consciously perceive there to be a consequence for recognizing anything negative about the family itself. And indeed, sometimes this isn't just their minds telling them there's a consequence. Sometimes there's an actual consequence for recognizing something negative of the family. And this is often why people tend to justify literally everything when it comes to their family. They say things like, yeah, but they, or we, did the best they, or we, could do. Or they normalize things like, yeah, but everyone's parents did that. Or they minimize things like, yeah, but so many other people had it so much worse than I, or you did. Or other kids have parents that give up on them in this situation. Or they invalidate things like, yeah, but they gave me so much money and totally set me up in life, so I have the success I have today. In other words, people tend to go into denial when it comes to their own family as a coping mechanism to avoid the consequence they fear would come as a result of seeing the truth about their family or making a change as a result of what they see. But this only ends up keeping them stuck. For this reason, it's important to watch three of my videos. The first is the catch-up effect, why we really fear change. The second is the real reason that people don't change. And the third is how normalization is hurting you and hurting society. I want you to watch all three of these videos, specifically with family in mind. A social system, in this case your family, and the role that you play within that system could just be the very thing that is causing you suffering. It could very well be the thing that is preventing your progress. By the way, this is true even if the intentions of the other members within that family system are in fact good. Because the family system itself is so resistant to change, it resists you changing. This is why, once you become an adult, living with your family of origin often acts as a prevention to your own personal progress. In other words, it makes it harder to create positive personal change. For example, let's say that in your life you were noticing that you're caused a lot of pain by lack. Let's say that you wanted deliberately to change your beliefs around abundance and you wanted to become successful. But let's say that your family of origin believes that money is the root of all evil. Let's say that your family of origin believes that the only thing that matters is hard work. Let's say that instead of thinking that they can create wealth, they're all about working hard enough to somehow deserve it being given to them somehow. <laughs> if you're in an environment where you're constantly being inundated by those old experiences and by those old beliefs, that acts as an oppositional force to you creating that positive change into an abundance mindset and doing the actions which would enable your abundance. You've got all kinds of resistance to that positive change. 
Unless the rest of the members in that family system are truly on board with supporting your new way of being and changing themselves to do so. Not just saying they are enacting the opposite. It could be compared to trying to heal on the battlefield itself. What you need is a different thought and a different experience in order to shift. Not to try to shift despite being inundated with the same thought and the same experience that did cause or is causing the problem in the first place. The second thing you must understand about family is it is the foundation of your physical existence. You can think of it as where you acquired your building blocks for your person. It is where your first and formative relationships take place. It is the place where you were first programmed. This means your childhood experiences, primarily within the family, is where your patterns began. Those patterns either set you up for things like success and pleasure, or for things like failure and pain. I want you to imagine that you baked a cake, and when you took it out of the oven and took a taste, it was inedible. The first thing you would do is go back to review the ingredients that you added, would you not? Or imagine that a software was malfunctioning. The first thing you would do is to go back and review the code or the original programming. When a person gets into self-awareness work, they must get into the habit of going back to find the family-based origins of their problems in their adult life their resistance in their adult life. Their unwillingness to do so out of a sense of solidarity with the family makes awareness of the problem and therefore awareness of what needs to happen to resolve that problem impossible. Essentially, people sometimes and very tragically choose solidarity with family over all other elements of their own well-being, even if doing so condemns them to a life of suffering in other ways. For example, I knew a woman who was put into the role of family's little helper. She only fit into this family system if she was constantly putting herself out there to support every other member of that family group. Doing this was the only thing that got her approval. In other words, the only way that she ever got any kind of validation was when people would look at her and say, you're such a good little girl for helping. This became the foundation of her identity because doing so was what kept her safe within that family system. It's what guaranteed that she would be able to have that belonging. Because of this, however, she slipped into a chronic pattern of self-neglect. She would call me and complain about this day after day for weeks and months and years, that she was caught in this self-sacrificing pattern. Until one day, she manifested cancer. Not just any cancer, a type of cancer that within the natural health community is quite literally called the self-sacrificer cancer. By the way, this woman was already aware enough and embedded in the natural health community enough to know this. So the second that it occurred, she knew that the reason that this cancer had come into her being, inverted advocate as cancer is, is to tell her you had better prioritize your dreams and your desires and yourself immediately or else. She knew she would die by going along with what they wanted her to do for their sake and their sense of what was right to do. Obviously, when her family found out about the diagnosis, they put pressure on her to do what they wanted her to do, as usual, but this time relative to the cancer treatment. She called me to tell me that she had been put in this terrible situation by her family, that the only way that she could maintain approval is to go along with what they thought was right for her, but she knew that the whole reason that this cancer was here in the first place was to teach her to do the exact opposite from that pattern that had been what had harmed her her whole life. However, in the end, what do you think she chose? She chose to align with her family. 
She decided to go along with their wishes and desires and needs because she, quote, couldn't live with the idea that if she died without fulfilling their wishes, they would always talk bad about her and about how she could be alive, if only she had done the right thing, which is, of course, what they wanted her to do. She literally chose solidarity with her family and how her family would see and remember her post-mortem over her own survival, not just thriving. And in the end, she did die. Never underestimate the power of family dynamics to prevent the empowerment, the progression, and the well-being of one of its members. On more of an up note, by opting into the nature genetics, which includes ancestral memory and the nurture experiences within a family, what you are really doing is to, metaphorically speaking, opt into a deck of cards. Some of those cards we could, at one level, judge as total crap. Others of those cards we could judge at one level as an awesome card to get. <laughs> For example, let's take a Scandinavian athlete, right? Let's, this Scandinavian athlete may have opted into the really, what we could judge as, great card of amazing physical prowess and sexuality. To the other side, he could also opt into the not-so-great card of aloofness, and because of it, find that his relationships are emotionally empty and distancing. We need to learn to change or to exalt those, what we could judge as crappy cards that we inherited based off of being a part of that family unit that we belonged to. We also need to learn how to capitalize on those really great cards that came to us as a result of being a part of that specific family that we belong to. Everyone has both transgenerational gifts and transgenerational burdens to sort through. Ancestry is a particularly powerful element of self-awareness and self-actualization when you're in a physical human embodiment. This is the reason why I will so often send someone back to their homeland somewhere in their process of awakening. To understand more about this, you can watch my video titled What Your Parents Did Right. The third thing that you must understand about family is that some families are quite literally existing in a toxic state of relating to one another. They are living in shadow tribe. This means instead of ensuring the well-being of its members, this type of family directly prevents it. When this is the case, the question is, where do you draw the line and decide that being around them is not healthy, or that not communicating is healthy? This is not an answer I'm going to give you. It's not mine to give. This is an answer that you have to come up with yourself. In general, it is in no way necessary to sever contact with or disconnect from a family group in order to heal, in order to progress, in order to improve. In fact, the ideal is quite the opposite. The ideal would be for a family to be conscious advocates for the process, but a specific person might very well find themselves in a circumstance where healing or progressing is not actually possible when they're still in contact with a member of their family, at least for a period of time in their overall healing process. For example, let's say that somebody has a terribly low self-esteem and they're trying to improve that. They may have to separate from family members who are critical 24 hours a day until they get to a point where they feel solid enough in themselves that when their families criticize, it's not soul-shattering like it once used to be. The biggest problem is that so many families exhibit patterns and behaviors that are profoundly dysfunctional, if not abusive, without even realizing it. 
In fact, most families believe that what they're doing is right and what they're doing is loving, when in fact it's exactly the opposite. For example, a father might think that demanding academic excellence from his son is beneficial to his son, when in fact it may simply be instilling the pressure and the belief that he's only going to be loved if he becomes a massive success. An older brother might think that it's loving to beat his younger brother up in order to toughen him up to the world, when in fact it's simply teaching the younger brother that he's unsafe and has no advocates in life. A mother might hold the fact that she gave life to her children as leverage over their heads so as to say they owe her later. This obligation to take care of one another may be seen as love by her, when in fact this is entrapment. So much destruction and so much dysfunction and so much damage is in fact disguised as love. And until we recognize that it isn't love, we're never going to be able to create those improvements in our relationships and subsequently in our families, and subsequently within society at large. Which is why it is so important to be able to look at that dysfunction clearly and to see it, so that these patterns stop replicating within humanity. For this reason, it is critical to understand that your family did have dysfunction in it, whether you recognize it or not. This is especially true if you're the kind of person who is drawn to self-help, self-improvement, and spirituality work. To be brutally honest with you, the people in this world who tend to be those that are seeking love from somewhere in the greater universe, those who seek to figure themselves out so as to solve whatever problems they feel like they're experiencing in their adult life, they tend to be people whose families fall more heavily on the dysfunctional side of the spectrum. That dysfunction, no matter how minimal or extreme you currently judge it to be, did have an impact on you, a negative one whether you recognize it or not yet. It is critical to be brave enough to look at what those dysfunctional patterns were or are and to change them. Otherwise, you are in fact choosing to be stuck. When I bring up this subject of family and the role that family played in your initial programming and therefore the patterns in your adult life, people tend to become immediately defensive. You become defensive of your family and seek to validate everything they did or justify it. And here's the thing. Everyone has a valid reason for why they do anything from their perspective. That does not change the reality that something did damage. The fact that they had a valid excuse does not negate the pain that was caused. It is not a betrayal to your family to look to recognize these detrimental patterns and change them so as to have a better personal life experience and a healthier family system and especially to change those patterns so that they do not repeat in future generations. But what does it say if your family does consider it a betrayal for you to do so? Families must get to a point where they care infinitely more about awareness and improvement and evolving and about the subjective experience and well-being of every one of its members than families care about defending their rightness or goodness in being the way they are or were. The sad reality is that if families in general, or even individuals within a family, were willing to get on board with and make personal changes and family system changes when the well-being of one of their members depended on it, then people within a family, an individual, could undo their trauma in no time. Healing would happen so incredibly fast if people could heal with their family, together with their family, as opposed to in spite of their family, or with the opposition of their family. 
I so often personally think about this when I'm working with a person and all it would take for them to shift something immediately is to have the permission from one of their family members to do so. But without that permission, they're caught in this constant lose-lose. Do I fall out of solidarity with this person? Or do I screw myself? We must get to a point where we do not consider it a betrayal to the family to become aware of the negatives and positives and to question things and to ask for a system change. In an ideal family scenario, the family itself would see the family, the system of the family, as a unit. And the well-being of that unit depends on the well-being of each one of its members. And families would see themselves as something which needs to change and needs to progress just like an individual needs personal expansion, personal growth, and personal change. So they would be on the lookout for what change is needed to ensure the well-being of its members. Currently in the world, you see a lot of ancestral lines dying out. Part of the reason for this is that certain ancestral lines are not progressing. They are not expanding. They are staying as is, staying stuck in patterns. They are playing an oppositional force to a universal expansion itself. And so, those family lines die. It is not an option for the consciousness of a family line to atrophy. In fact, when each new member or new generation within a family is born, the consciousness of that family line progresses, and the child is in fact the one that represents that next step forward. Which is why so often, what they're needing and wanting seems to be in opposition to the generation previous to them, because it is that child that is calling the previous generation into those changes which they absolutely need to make. When an entire family system gets on board with a full systems change, when any member within that family needs that to happen for the sake of their well-being, closeness, intimacy, all the things you want from family are going to occur. So all that being said, don't mistake someone making you aware of the dysfunctional patterns within your family so you can change them for the better, for someone trying to separate you from your family. Have a good week. If you liked this video, be sure to share it, like it, and also subscribe to my channel so you can see more content like this. But I want to personally thank you for taking the initiative and having the bravery to step into the space of awareness not only for yourself, but for the benefit of those around you.